And now the moment that you've all been waiting for, welcome to season two of Nonsense and Noise, a podcast about the queer person of color pop culture media experience. I am your host, Nathan Cotto, and um, guys, it's been over a year now, um, but wow, we made it to a year. Thank you so much for um, tuning in, listening, and um, listening to all the goofy things that I have to say and that I want to share with everybody. Um, it's it's really wild to actually consider that I've been doing this for about a year now, and it all started with me seeing Shang-Chi and having a lot of feelings about it, and instead of settling for um, raving about stuff on Twitter like I usually would, I decided to make a podcast. So yeah, no, it's, it's really cool to look back at how this whole venture has gone. Um, I'm really proud of what I've got out and really excited to start off season two uh, with uh, this is going to be a different sort of episode format. We're going to do the usual like pop culture stuff, but it's kind of going to be more of a retrospective. Um, This is going to, yeah, just be sort of a reflection episode. I do have a topic for uh, another episode in a bit, but yeah, it's just going to be reflection for now um, just to welcome everybody back to the fold. So yeah, I um, September was very restful. I was able to um, take a break from podcasting and uh, just, you know, play a lot of video games, hung out with friends, did a little bit of work on writing, but not quite as much as I maybe wanted to. Let's see. So today is October 10th. Um, it's a Monday and fall has officially come to New York City. It's getting colder. I went apple picking with a friend yesterday and um, the morning was quite cold and then um, as the day went on it got a little bit warmer. Um, But yeah, we went apple picking. It was lots of fun. I haven't seen this friend since before the pandemic. Started um, at Anime NYC actually is when I last saw her. So it was really good to see her and hang out and do apple picking and then get some lunch. What else did have I done? Uh, I, I saw bros at the end of September um, that is going to be itself a, its own episode, uh, so I'm not going to get too much into that. Um, and then in terms of like video games and stuff, I've just been playing playing Valorant, um, as per usual, playing Overwatch 2, because that's now out um, as of October 4th. Um, and then I played the... And, and, and then in terms of like not... Not multiplayer stuff. I finally finished the main story of Octopath Traveler last Friday, actually, or last Saturday on stream. Um, And I also played the Harvestella demo, and I'll be talking about Harvestella in a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's been a good time, and I'm and I'm ready to get back and 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 talk about things with everybody. So. Um, that's how I've been. Hope everybody has been well. Hope your uh, the start of your fall has been good. Um, I know that uh, a lot of life, different life events also happened for me that I'm not going to talk about on pod just because um, it involves family members that um, you know I don't want, and I don't really necessarily want to talk about them on pod because um, I don't have their express permission to. So um, we're going to launch into just sort of pop culture updates. So and in terms of the retrospective, this is kind of kind of be for like all the news that we got in September. Um, my main source of news is really just going to be the Nintendo Direct that happened in September. Um, just sort of talking through all the titles that came out and then just like giving some of my, my thoughts and feelings and stuff. So um, it was very interesting. The Direct launched with Fire Emblem Engage and after um, 
yeah, I don't know, like, after Fire Emblem Three Houses, I was really curious to see where the franchise was going to go, um, and Engage comes out in January of 2023, and honestly, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to play this one. It looks like Fire Emblem Heroes um, got spun out into its own full game, which is fine uh, if you like Fire Emblem Heroes. I personally really like the full games better than Fire Emblem Heroes, especially since like after I played, uh, I played Fire Emblem Awakening. That was my first Fire Emblem game, uh, and the game got me really used to uh, weapon accuracy, which the mobile game does not have. So in the mobile game, I would make all sorts of dumb positioning mistakes, and then be like, "Why are all my units dead?" Uh, so I uh, I'm not really looking forward to it. Yeah, because it's like the same sort of oh, you get to summon heroes from the past or whatever, and it I don't know. It it just doesn't look as compelling. Um, I'm not as excited about it, so I, I'm not going to get it. And it was interesting, just like, I follow, um, on Twitter, I follow Cheap Ass Gamer, which is a really, actually, really helpful um, resource if you're looking for sales on, like, video games or, like, gaming things or, uh, like, collectibles. They do, um, they just sort of run a feed of, like, different things that are going on. Um, but yeah, so I follow Cheap Ass Gamer, and it was very funny because they sort of had the special edition for Fire Emblem, uh, going over multiple days, they're like, oh, it's still available at Target, still available at GameStop, and I'm just sitting here thinking, like, yeah, it's still available, because it looks like a huge letdown from Three Houses, I think Three Houses had such, like, a strong fandom, because the entire ensemble of characters was so well-rounded and so likable, and Engage doesn't look like it has any of that, it's just like, oh, we're gonna, it looks almost like um, all, like Fire Emblem Warriors, the same sort of thing, um, which is different from Fire Emblem Heroes. Uh, Warriors is the uh, Dynasty Warriors style version of um, the Fire Emblem games, where at least the first one um, was sort of a, where, like, oh, you just pull everybody from, like, alternate dimensions, and they, like, come and help you out. Um, so it's that same sort of thing, and uh, yeah, I, it just doesn't look compelling to me, um, whereas the previous installation in the Fire Emblem franchise was Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes, which was a spinoff of uh, Three Houses, and that was obviously very well received, and I was interested in it. I didn't end up getting it because I'm not a huge fan of the Dynasty Warriors-type games. It took me two games to realize that, um, so I didn't end up getting that, but I know that like the narratives and stuff were pretty cool. So um, that's Fire Emblem Engage, and if you're interested, that comes out in January of 2023. Um, the next title that was pretty exciting for me in this direct was Fatal Frame, um, I never actually played the original, but like it seems interesting to me. I'm not also I'm also not like really a big horror game fan, but this just seems like a an interesting game that is very different from what I normally play. Um, probably will play it on stream. It might be funny to watch me just scream and take pictures of ghosts. Uh, so that is also coming out. I know that I think my only reference for this is like the assist trophy or something in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Um, so that is, I, I'm excited, uh, just because it's something that I've never, like, I've never played before, I've never interacted with it before, so it should be cool. Um, and then there's another indie game that was announced called Tunic. Um, it's about a little fox who's kind of dressed in, like, a 
the same sort of color scheme as Link from Legend of Zelda, um, and it looks really cute. It's a really cute, uh, little cute indie adventure game. I know it's also available on Steam, I think, so I think I'm going to get it on Steam instead of on the Switch, um, but that is also coming out. That one looks exciting, um, and then for any of you farm sim uh, enjoyers, let's see, there's a whole backstory here, but, um, if you, so, like, back in the early 2000s, I think it was, uh, there was a, a franchise called Harvest Moon owned by, oh, gosh, I don't remember the, the name of the company, um, but, so, basically, the, uh, the owning company split like, the people who um, were the programmers or whatever at the owning company, they ended up, like, making their own studio, um, but the Harvest Moon title couldn't come with them, so it ended up turning into Story of Seasons, which is more faithful to the original Harvest Moon series of, like, the, the 2000s, and then whatever Harvest Moon is now, um, which is different from what it was before. So um, all of the original Harvest Moon titles are getting remade under the franchise story of seasons so story of seasons it's a wonderful life based on the original harvest moon it's a wonderful life is also coming to switch um it's a farm sim um if you like stardew if you liked the original um harvest moons uh this game is for you i know um i in theory like farm sim games and i think the the only thing is like it's just so open-ended that eventually i just get bored and stop playing so like i know that was my downfall with um harvest moon friends of mineral town um which i had on my game boy advance uh i just like stopped playing because it was just like i don't know what else to do um, and that's sort of like my issue as well with like more freeform open games so like animal crossing i put in a thousand hours a thousand plus hours into that game um mostly because like i mean it was a pandemic and then also um i wanted to catch like all the fish and bugs in the game and i did that and i achieved that and then i was like all right cool i'm done i'm peace so i haven't touched animal crossing since like march of last year sure my villagers are really happy about that but um yeah, so that's Story of Seasons, It's a Wonderful Life. Um, Splatoon 3 is coming to the Switch. Um, well, I think by the time of recording, it's actually already out. Um, and I know that uh, I have a friend who's actually really likes Splatoon, and it looks really cute. Uh, Splatoon's not really for me, um, but that's out, and that's like a major, like, major title. Apparently, it's like at least in Japan, it seems like it's a lot bigger, um, and actually a lot, a few people that I follow on Twitter, um, are also really into it, so, uh, that is, that's out, um, the one thing, the main thing, or actually two of three main things, I guess, that I was really excited for with this Direct, um, and I wasn't expecting it, or at least this soon, is, uh, Octopath Traveler 2 got announced, um, and I'm just super excited because there are so many different new things that it looks like they, they've added. They've added a day and night cycle. They've added different path actions for each of the different characters um, that change based on day or night. And so path actions are like each character has um, a job class that they are as well as um, passive abilities that fit their classes. So for example, like the thief can open any chest um, and then his path action, which is like a unique character 
action he can steal from from npcs and sometimes that's very helpful like an npc might have an item and you can either buy the item using another character the merchant or you can steal the item using the thief um and so i started with the thief and so i like have stolen a whole bunch of shit from npcs throughout my entire playthrough um and then of course there's the warrior and hunter those two characters can challenge npcs to battles um there's the dancer and the cleric and both of them can sort of like guide uh characters or guide npcs and like add them to the party um adding npcs to the party ends up like giving you access to like a special skill that the npc has and then let's see the last one is the apothecary and the scholar both of them have the ability to um look or like get more information about npcs um and sometimes you might find secrets there so um but yeah with octopath 2 they're adding eight more unique path actions to each of the characters uh that will change depending on the time of day um and some of them have been revealed so like the warrior can still challenge people during the daytime but then at night he will bribe people um so i'm really excited to see like all of the things that they're gonna do um as well as the new uh setting uh it takes place in a new country or new like continent um and the it also just looks like square enix has really like gone balls to the wall with upgrading their like machinery and their their engine that runs the game so there's different camera angles different like updated art um in octopath one the enemies didn't really move too much they sort of like there was like an idle movement but it looks like in octopath 2 there's a lot more dynamic um enemy animation so i'm really excited for that um and yeah I, I'm, I cannot articulate how excited i am about octopath 2 like i already screamed about it on twitter um the music there was a um it, this got like also revealed at game expo in tokyo so um the composer for the game actually brought a little snippet of the music and it just sounds so good um so yeah, I'm super excited that comes out in February, um, at the end of February, and I actually, like, did the pre-order of, like, the special edition, I'm like, this is just gonna be basically my birthday present to myself, um, so I'm super excited for that, that's Octopath 2, um, and now, jumping way back in time, the next title that was announced, uh, or another title that was announced on, during the Direct was, um, the really classic Nintendo 64 title, GoldenEye, is coming to the virtual Nintendo 64 that you can access if you're on a Nintendo Switch Online Plus plan, um, and I am on a family plan with, like, my mom, my sister, and then, like, several of my friends, so, um, I, my friend, one of my friends wanted to play Kirby Crystal Shards, which is on Nintendo 64, um, and I was just like, yeah, that's cool, we can upgrade it, it's like $10 more or whatever, split between, like, eight people, so I have access to that, so, like, any of my friends who might be on my family plan, um, just in case you didn't know, you have access to Nintendo 64 Virtual Console, um, and Golden and I is coming and that's like a really classic Nintendo 64 game um enjoy I am maybe gonna try it at some point but we'll see um the next title is various day life it's like the weirdest <laughs> title I really think that Square Enix has um issues when it comes to naming things but then again like 
it's this sort of thing where Square Enix is a Japanese company and like all these English titles in Japanese sound fine. Like they, you know, it's uh, or not fine, but like they sound cool, right? Just the way that um, it, it's sort of turning Orientalism on its head, right? Where people will be like from Western cultures will be like, oh, that name in like the Chinese or Japanese or whatever non-West, not, like non-European language sounds really cool. Um, and then you translate it into the Chinese or you translate it from the Chinese or the Japanese and it just ends up being some mishmash of nonsense. So it's the same thing for various day life. Um, but this game is actually really interesting. It caught my eye because I saw a Twitter thread about this game. Um, apparently it was on Apple Arcade for a while and yeah, I saw this person post about it on Twitter, and they were like, oh, I'm really sad that this got discontinued. It was a really interesting little game. And now it has its own wide release as a title that's coming to the Switch. So that seems interesting. I'm curious to check it out. I really hope that they have, like, a demo or something, because Switch games tend to be pretty expensive, and they, like, never go on sale. So, yeah, I'm curious about that. Maybe I'll check it out. Um... The next title is also Blast from the Past. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers the, the game Pikmin, um, which came out in, I think, the early 2000s, but it's like a micromanagement game, uh, sci-fi game, where you play an, a little astronaut guy who gets stranded on a planet where he can't um, do tasks without uh, the help of these alien life forms called Pikmin. Um, so, I mean, the game... It, franchise itself is actually pretty old and I'm, st I'm kind of surprised actually that they're still making games in this franchise uh pikmin 1 came out i think in like 2001 or 2002 or whatever and then pikmin 2 came out and was much more freeform than pikmin 1 um and i have pikmin 3 um have i opened the game yet no i haven't because i have so many other things that i need to finish playing but um pikmin 3 came out um on the wii u i think and then got a remaster for the switch um so i have the switch version and then pikmin 4 got announced so i'm excited for that um would really love to actually like try my hand again at um the the multitasking game itself because like when I first played Pikmin, I was in, like, middle school or, like, high school, or I think it was mostly middle school is when I first played Pikmin, and, like, obviously my brain is still forming at the tender age of, like, 11 and 12, so, like, I'm probably not going to be great at those games. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited to, like, revisit that as an adult and see if things are better. Um probably will stream that at some point when I get around to it. Um, so that's Pikmin 4. Uh, something that's coming out actually in two weeks from date of record, or a little bit over two weeks from date of record, is Bayonetta 3. Um, so I know people have been waiting for this title for ages. Um, I pre-ordered, or not, didn't pre-order Bayonetta 3, but I ordered a copy of Bayonetta 1 because they went on sale. Um, still waiting for my copy, um, but I'm hoping to play that and just like see what the franchise is about, and then um, maybe I'll buy Bayonetta 2 and Bayonetta 3. And um, yeah, no, it looks really cool. Um, people are very excited about it. it. Looks like the main character is getting like this whole like really big arc over the course of the games so it's really cool to see that like that's happening but i know that the games have gotten a lot of positive feedback um and positive reviews so definitely excited to jump into that franchise and then there's a remaster of kirby return to dreamland um you know i played 
the new Kirby game earlier this year, uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, super cute. Uh, I really haven't played anything that cute since the uh, the previous Kirby game, so definitely ex- excited for for that, and I'll be getting that. Um, as I mentioned before, uh, I played the Harvestella demo. Um, Harvestella is another game from Square Enix that is going to be like a farm sim, but there's also like some sci-fi elements in it. Um, I played the demo that's available on the Switch. It's actually pretty fun. Um, it starts out very slowly, but then as the story starts to pick up, I was like, wow, this game is actually really cool, really engaging. Um, I'm really excited for um, more of this. So, um, yeah, Harvestella is coming out, I think, next month in November. Uh, I need to check on that, but I think I will be pre-ordering a physical copy, um, to play. I'm really excited about it. Um, the really cool thing about Harvestella, as well as Story of Seasons, um, is that you can choose to be either, um, a boy or girl, or play as a, a, a man, a woman, or a non-binary person, which I think is just so awesome that the games have come this far. Um, I mean, obviously, previously, like, you know, when I was growing up in the 90s and early 2000s, a lot of the default game characters were, like, like you could only be a boy or you could only be a man, a male character. And then as time went on, like, I think Pokemon Crystal was the very first time in the Pokemon franchise that you could play as a, as a girl, um, and they started to gradually add those options into a lot more of the, like, my character or like where you have a self insert um so that's cool to see um and yeah no really awesome to see actually that you now get a non-binary option as well um so that way you have a more immersive um gaming experience um so that's harvestella coming out next month um and then of course the heavy hitter at the end of the direct from september was uh the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel finally got a title, and it's called Tears of the Kingdom. Um, I've watched, like, a zillion different theory videos on YouTube, mostly because, like, when I'm eating dinner, I just want something, like, mindless going in the background, so I'll just be like, oh yeah, I'll just, like, watch a YouTube video or whatever. Um, so that's exciting. Um, there's been really not too much, like, in terms of gameplay or anything, but, um, obviously excited about a new Legend of Zelda game just because the Legend of Zelda franchise is generally, like, really, really good. Um, so that's that, and then I think I might have talked before on here about how, like, oh, I'm not excited for Pokemon Generation 9, but, um, I also remember, I might have talked about it on pod as well, but there was a video that I saw that was like, oh, uh, the Pokemon franchise might actually be, like, doing something completely brand new because of the way that Legends Arceus was and the way that, uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl were handled, um, because those two games were actually outsourced to a completely different company, um, for production and everything, so there was a theory that, like, oh, Game Freak is actually starting to, like, take its key resources and key people and, like, put them on a project to, like, completely revitalize and, like, um revamp the Pokemon franchise, and I think that's actually when it ended up happening, so, um, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet are also coming out in November, I think, which is next month, holy crap, um, so that's happening, it, they both look really good, and I'm excited, um, and I need to figure out which version I'm gonna get, because, um, I'm in a, a Discord server with some friends, and they're predominantly, like, all gay men, and of course, they were like, we're gonna get Pokemon Pokemon Violet because uh, you have the hot guy professor, I'm like, guys, are we really all this useless? <laughs> uh, do we not have 
can we not do anything better than just like thirst over this pale white dude with a with a beard um but uh no that's that's fine honestly whatever like i i just want like coverage so that way there's like oh if there's a version exclusive then like you know there's easy trading and whatever so i might bite the bullet and get scarlet but honestly um the game looks really cool in terms of like oh it's open world it's no longer like the traditional pokemon formula and i think it's going to do really well um hopefully um the game does well enough such that a lot of the positive feedback reaches Game Freak and they're like, oh, okay, well, maybe this will be um, something that we do for a couple games and then we start to shake up the formula again. So um, that's pretty much all in terms of like video games. And then in terms of movies, this is like much shorter because I'm obviously not as plugged into like paying attention to movies. Um, so in terms of stuff that happened last month, um, there was a movie that came out called The Woman King, and I might do an episode, like, I, I'm not gonna see it, um, just because, like, I've looked at the, um, subject matter, and, like, I'm sure Viola Davis does an amazing, um, amazing job in her role, and also, like, the, I don't know, the movie just doesn't really grab me, um, so, but the topic is worth talking about because I think the conversation around the topic and everything does have a lot of nuance, um, so maybe I'll do an episode about The Woman King in the future, um, but basically for anyone who's curious, uh, it's a retelling of the story of, um, a real-life historical figure, I don't remember the name, and I'm not gonna look it up right now, um, but there was a, a very, uh, strong woman leader for the Dahomey kingdom, or Dahomey, so that's what the movie's about, um, and basically with this kingdom, they had a history of participating in the slave trade, not as, like, um, providing people, but, like, more, like, actually capturing people from neighboring kingdoms in Africa and and putting them into the slave trade. So, um, like, this kingdom doesn't really have a great, like, relationship with history, but then also there's, like, basically the, the whole nuance is, like, who who is making them do that, right? And the answer is white people. Like, if, if white people or if Europeans, like, were not perpetuating um, the slave trade, then the kingdom of Dahomey would not have been, like, capturing people and, and putting them into the slave trade, um, so that is sort of the sticky thing about the movie, but I think maybe it's not as sticky as just, like, it is important to tell the story of this, and then also, like, look very carefully about, like, hey, why were they doing this, and it's because of European people and the Americas, like, you know, feeding the slave trade, so that's the woman king, um, bros came out at the end of last month, I'm, like I said at the top, I'm not gonna go too heavily into this movie, because I think there's a lot to get into in terms of, like, what it is, like, what it means for queer people, what it means for queer people of color specifically, um, and then as well as just, like, all the goofiness just surrounding the marketing and shit, like, Billy Eichner's kind of a doofus, um, so there's that, um, and then coming out in 11 days on the 21st of October is Black Adam featuring The Rock, um, and all I really know about it is that it's, like, a, a grittier superhero movie, like, he kills people, apparently, so, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much 
it in terms of pop culture and stuff. Like I said, this is going to be a different sort of episode uh, format. So um, I'm going to take a quick break and then we'll be back uh, with some more. All right. And we are back from the break. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to take a couple minutes to reflect on um, this past year with like making the podcast and um, just maybe think about where I want to go from here. So and, and, and also just like sort of give give the history on like how everything has come to be. So um, yeah, like I said at the top, this podcast really started because I saw Shang-Chi in theaters last year and had a lot of thoughts on um, all the different little pieces that went into making the movie and how that all made me feel. Um, And I know that there are definitely people who saw Shang-Chi who don't know about those little building blocks and all of those sort of nods to either actual culture or other references. Um, You know, you can listen to earlier episodes if you want to learn more about that, but um, that is what started this podcast, and I was very excited, and, and I wanted to sort of make a space because I don't, you know, I don't, at least in the podcasts that I know and I'm keeping up with, I don't know that there's actually a space specifically from um, queer people of color talking about pop culture and how, like, they interact with it. There are lots of uh, podcasts that are talking about, um, like, queer experiences or people of color's experiences or, like, you know, specifically focusing on, like, Asian experiences or black experiences or Latino experiences, whatever, you know, whatever, like, specific identity group that you're a part of like I'm sure that that like has its own podcast but in terms of like the actual intersectionality I think that is pretty lacking or at least in terms of what I saw so I was like um you know what why don't I do this for me and I can start off with like talking to my friends who are either you know queer or people of color or a mixture of both you know have that intersection the same way that I do um and just make a space for us to like be able to talk about fandom shit or about pop culture like whether it be like popular movies or like other things that are going on um i know that uh, a really big topic that i want to try and have a couple you know a panel of people on actually is um hopefully this season too is going to be um racism in fantasy because um this this actually this conversation started because one of my friends who is mixed was talking to me about um their experience in a in a fantasy video game and there's mention of like being mixed and and it really really sort of messed with their head a lot because of the way that um mixed race characters in this fantasy game were talked about and so i think you know we're hopefully gonna have that conversation that's sort of looking ahead to the future but um yeah like i don't think there's any spaces um out there right now that would do such a thing because i think you know there are fantasy um podcasts or there are like um yeah, like I said, it's just, like, this podcast is meant to be a sort of melting pot of, like, okay, well, I've got this perspective and this perspective, and, like, my intersection with the two of them is unique, and, like, I I just want to, like, make a space for, uh, for us to, like, talk about those things, and I think the episode that I had from season one about Fire Island just, like, is sort of a good good example of that. The future episode about bros is going to be the same sort of thing, Um same thing with racism and fantasy, and I'm still trying to uh, figure out when I can get my friend to talk about Korra. That's also going to be something um, 
although it'll be a little bit different because um, that friend is only, she's just a person of color, she's not queer. So um, anyways, yeah, this, uh, from humble beginnings, <laughs> um, talking about a movie just to like, um, you know, making space for queer folks and queer people of color to like talk about our relationship with media, I think it's been really cool. Um, and that's sort of always been the intention. And hopefully like I can continue to make more space to talk about things that we're passionate about, that I'm passionate about, as well as like some of the uh, space for stuff that my friends are passionate about. Um, and then in terms of the back end, there's been a lot of learning from me in terms of like what uh goes on in terms of like hosting podcasts and stuff so um i'm sure as uh like og listeners will remember i was hosting on soundcloud before um and of course like i bought an annual plan for soundcloud um and that was originally where i was going to host everything and then um my friend or one and one of actually my earliest patreons um was had asked, hey, are you gonna, like, be able to put your podcast on Spotify? And I was like, oh, let me actually find out how to do that. So I did, I looked into that, and it turns out there's this really cool website called RSS Feed, and if you, you can make an RSS feed for your podcast and use, submit that to, um, actually, this website actually does it automatically for you as well. So that's another fun update, um, during the break, I did some infrastructure stuff, so now everything, all the episodes that I have recorded thus far, so all of season one, is on RSS feed, which can you can now actually follow the show on Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, or honestly, wherever you get your podcasts, um, and so that's really cool to be able to say that I'm on Spotify and, and Apple Podcasts, um, and as a result... Um, I had I'm I've shake, uh, shaken up the uh, Patreon tiers, but I'll get into that at the end. Um, and that's really sort of the main exciting thing is like I've I no longer am hosting stuff on SoundCloud. Everything is now on RSS feed, um, which will then go directly to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. So that is really cool. I'm also looking into sponsorships. I'm just doing like ad reads and stuff. Um, I'm still quite shy about it so i haven't done anything so you're probably not gonna get any actual like special ads from me quite yet um and i also i know from like listening to other podcasts that like some of the ad reads are for really shitty companies um like there's uh better which is uh not too great of an act like actually it's really not a good therapy service just because um they're they're not really therapy they're they're more counseling um and there is a difference um i think it like involves like counseling they're not really giving you advice as much as just trying to like help manage the situation i don't really know how to best explain it but like better help itself has issues um they have a really shady sort of past um and like all sorts of other like different things that are red like squarespace also is kind of shady um that's a website company and they um if you choose to terminate your membership with them um you can't directly take everything from your website that you make um and and go um because technically since your website is like built with squarespace like they own your stuff or something like that so uh, yeah i'm just like trying to be very careful about like what i'm reading what i would be reading ads for um like i said it's not something that i've actively really pursued just because i'm very uh 
nervous about it. I don't want to necessarily be turned down, but also like I know that this podcast doesn't have a broad listenership, so it's not like um, I have too much to sell in terms of like exposure. Um, but yeah, we'll see. That's sort of um, in the works. Um, but yeah, no, it was like the overall thing is it's really cool to say you can find me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's very cool. Um, and then in terms of goals for season two, um, I'm hoping to maybe dip my foot into a little bit more marketing. So like actual sound clips of episodes, um, to be shared places like on Twitter or Instagram or whatever to, to sort of spread the word and hopefully open the podcast up to being more than what it is right now. Um, I know that, um, I also need to read up on like guest etiquette because I do think that there are some podcasts where they like they pay the guests to come on and I think that makes a lot of sense because technically you're like asking for your guests time um, and we all know that time is money so if I'm gonna have somebody talk on my show for like an hour and a half or whatever then like it does make sense to pay them um, so hopefully uh, as the uh, the 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 um, <laughs> The listener base gets bigger, and hopefully more people contribute to the Patreon, then I can also afford to, like, pay guests, maybe hire, like, a sound engineer person, maybe get somebody to, like, write an opening and a closing song for me or whatever. Um, yeah, we'll see. And then more guests to talk about more uh, more, more topics. Um, and not just, like, I think I only had, like, let's see, I had Bryn, I had Bryn on twice, I had Josh on twice, I had Mal, I had Vesper, so I really only had like four four different guests <laughs> last season, um, and I'm sure that they would love to come back and talk about stuff more, um, and I would love to also get more perspectives on. Um, so that is sort of my um, hopes for season two. Um, and so that's that, and moving into sort of closing out and everything, um, I don't really have, um, a nonsense for this week. As a reminder, um, at the close of the show, I ask, um, both myself and the guest, um, what's your nonsense? Um, nonsense being something that it seems like you're into that nobody else is into or talking about or something that you just like really want to gush about. Um, I don't really have anything at the moment. Um, yeah, I, like, I finished, uh, finished playing Octopath, um, I'm not really, like, as on fire about Champions of the Continent anymore, just because, like, it's such a time sink for a phone game, um, I don't know, like, try and spend time with friends, like, it was really good to see my friend on, on Sunday for apple picking, and, like, seeing people is such a different energy from, you know, hanging out with people online, so, um, I don't know, like, see your friends more, um, and think about... I guess, gearing up for the holidays, because um, that's next month. Um, we've got Halloween, and then it's Thanksgiving, at least in America, or in the U.S., it's uh, Amer uh, Thanksgiving, and then um, we have the winter holidays, so I don't know, like, we're, we're heading towards the end of the year, that's wild. Um, and then for the pod, um, as I mentioned before, we're uh, revamping the different sponsorship tiers on Patreon. So um, tier one is staying the same. You do get a shout out on the episode. Um, you, you get a shout out on 
on the next episode after you start your um, Patreon sponsorship. Um, and then Tier 2 gets you access, uh, not only the same rewards as Tier 1, but you also get access to bonus episodes. So I did one bonus episode last season about Japanese American internment as um, my sort of relationship to that history, um, my family's relationship and connection to that history. Um, I think there's going to be a couple more bonus episodes that I ended up doing. So tier two gets you unlocks access to that. And then tier three um, gets you everything listed above as well as um, the ability to suggest topics that you might want to hear talked about. Or if, um, you know, we know each other or are connected through social media, then like you could suggest a topic and be like, hey, I would like to talk about this. Um, and, and then I can, you know, we can be in, in talks about that. So you can find Nonsense and Noise Pod on Patreon dot com slash nonsense and noise pod um and you can catch all the updates from the show there you can uh and that's the best way to support the show you can follow the podcast on apple Podcasts or spotify or wherever you get your podcasts um if you want more of me you can find me on twitch instagram and twitter at kato not kato that's k-a-h-t-o-n-o-t-k-a-y-t-o on Twitch, I'm going to be trying to be streaming on Saturday evenings, um, a mix of like multiplayer games as well as some individual stuff, just because I have an enormous game library that I need to be working through. Um, so you can catch me there. You can catch um, all sorts of random thoughts from me on Twitter at the same handle. Um, and that's pretty much it. Thanks again so much for taking the trip with me. Um, starting all the way from last year and uh, excited to see what season two will bring. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye.